So hi T-Day, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. I'm good. The sun is kind of coming out now, so I feel a bit better. It's much needed because we're recording this in the in the midst of lockdown 127. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> literally. It does certainly feel like the, the weather, very British to talk about the weather, but it's, I mean, it's all there is really much. To yeah, <laughs> it's the only source of conversation nowadays. I'm so excited to talk to you today because your Instagram account is one of my, if not like my favourite one to dive into at the moment with. Thank you. <laughs> but it is, I love it because it's so you talk about, you, you're, very, you're very open and honest and then you talk about, about your mental well-being and talk around different topics like this, but in such a kind of joyful, very colourful with your beautiful illustrations way. And I th to be honest, it's just really refreshing. It's a really refreshing account. Thank you. That was really nice of you to say. And it's funny you mentioned the word joy. This might be a massive segue before we get into the meat of everything. But like I was listening to a podcast about the importance of names and the naming like children and naming ad like your name as an adult. And um, like people have been referring to me as like, oh, you're so joyful or joy. Your account gives me joy. And every time I see that word joy, it triggers me because I'm like, my name means your joy has come. So I always think about how my parents, like the de deliberateness of like naming someone and like not to say that I am the joy person, but it's just like that, that, that reference always makes me feel nice because I'm like, yeah, my name is kind of joy. That's my name. Yeah. I love that that is I mean and it so is like all of your I mean for anyone who hasn't I'm gonna link the link your Instagram so everyone go and see but as soon as you land on it you'll be like yeah totally like you are embodying <laughs> embodying your name it's in, in your work and your everything I love that and it's so so nice I'm gonna look into the different meanings of it. I don't even know I think well, I don't even know if my name has what your it means. Has meaning? Yeah, I'm going oh. to. I'm going to. You've inspired me. Ask your parents. Ask your parents. <laughs> I know where it comes from. I know, but the but I'm not sure whether I don't know. I can't remember now. But I'm get. I shall go. I shall investigate. Give me. Give me something to investigate. So before we kind of dive in today, I've asked you as uh, for this season. We're talking a lot about the kind of main life lessons that we wish we'd learn in school. But before we dive into that a little bit, can you start by just sort of telling us about kind of. You know, what has what has led you to this point and kind of what you do and and almost shaped who you are that's such a good question and it's such a hard question <laughs> but I think like the main thing for me in terms of the journey to where I am now is just like it's a mixture of chance and also just deliberate deliberately trying to like putting myself out there for myself not for anyone else that's like the main two things that have like um defined my journey here um so like I started this blog called T-Day Blogs when I was around 15, 16. And it was honestly just a way of expressing myself. I didn't expect anyone to read it at all whatsoever. Um, I was like just a very angsty teenager with a lot of emotions <laughs> and a lot of like desire to create. And like, um, I, I spent a lot of my time in charity shops trying to like style things and like just putting myself out there. Um, so that's like the, the, the genesis of T-Day Blogs was just like an expressive blog that I had on Blogspot. And then like gradually throughout high school and sixth form and university, I just kept posting and like wanting to write um, blog posts that were really like kind of heartfelt blog posts and became more political in some, some um, posts, etc. And then I kind of got into advertising through um, a scheme called Commercial Break. And I got into that um, world of like 
the industry, creative industry, glitz and glamour, going out for drinks, that kind of thing. Um, and it was great initially as like a con um, an idea of getting into uh, something creative because that fit my personality at the time and still is my personality. Um, but I realized, you know, through experiences, I don't really want to work in an office and like, I don't want to um, necessarily work in that type of format. So I had like, that's where luck came in. And I started working with Restless because I got approached by them, which is amazing and kind of like grew from there. And my Instagram at the same time was kind of like growing a lot more as well. So now I'm kind of like still doing the blog that I did when I was 15, but on Instagram and working for Restless Network and just like trying to be creative in a multi faceted kind of way so my main thing is experimentation is key like just try things if you feel like it um so yeah that's me <laughs> I love that I love that you describe that as like just trying things and experimenting and, and the so that kind of multi-hyphenate that multifaceted mm -hmm. Um, expression through that way with what what has kind of have there been sort of pinnacle moments that have sort of helped you along the way because I think I really like that you you talk about that it's it wasn't just luck you don't describe where you are now it's not just luck and it's not just hard work but you kind of describe it as like a combination of of the two but had there been th things in particular that have kind of helped you get to get where you are whether it's kind of within you internal things or external things I think it's okay so let me think about that I think the first thing that has like stayed with me ever since I was a childhood is a feeling of difference a feeling of like individuality and just wanting to lean on whatever that is like and that can also sometimes um like look like the main it doesn't mean I have to be different and like put green spikes on my eyes <laughs> but it just means that like whatever I feel like intuition I try and you know go with with what my intuition is telling me to do. And I think that's a massive part of my personality is like feeling different, feeling different from my family who are like really religious. And although I'm not um, religious in the same way, I'm still spiritual and figuring myself out. Um, feeling different with my friends. I never felt like I fit in in high school in any particular group. I was liked by people, but I never felt, you know, a sense of belonging at school. Um, but, you know, I would go home and draw <laughs> like draw things on my face like I remember like a main thing I did was like the go compare advert I don't know what possessed me but one day I was like you know I'm gonna draw the mustache and I'm gonna sing it and I'm gonna put it on Instagram and like my friends were like what are you doing you're so weird but okay we'll still talk to you <laughs> like that was like my thing it's like you know whatever I felt like I wanted to do or create or make I would do it and my parents kind of like you know saw me as the black sheep of the family but we're also like oh you're you, you just do you <laughs> you just do you we love you anyway um and I think yeah that individualism stuck with me or or has stuck with me all through my life and I actually found out about Enneagrams re really recently over lockdown and I got Enneagram 4 and like as I was reading through Enneagrams I would suggest anyone do the Enneagram because it was so powerful for me um like learning about myself through this this personality test I didn't have any expectations for I cried I cried and cried because I was like this is how I feel the feeling of like not belonging or difference um but lean I would say leaning into that difference because a lot of people that I see um like online like who are thriving are 
and I really like it and I like the work are people who have a difference about them that could have broken them but they kind of leaned into it and like use that as like a, a source of celebration and a source of like you know championing that um, and I think that's a journey to get to that point it definitely isn't an e easy start um, and then I think the second thing is as I said experimentation and just being like trying as best as you can to not let the voice of fear lead and just be like so what if everyone hates what I'm doing I'm still gonna do it like it's something that I want to do so one of my first the first ever blog posts I posted um was like a quote I think it was Heraclitus I don't know some random philosopher I can't remember his name <laughs> was like um the first draft is always um basically crap so that was my thing it's like the first draft is always shit but I'm gonna do it anyway like if I wanted to pretend to be an actress for the day and I wanted to like film one of those cringy TikToks about um POVs like this is who I am or acting a, a personality and I've never done that before like if I really wanted to do that doing that if I wanted to make a song and I've never made a song before trying it out you know what I mean there's no there's no judge and jury in life that's going to tell you that you're always going to be a failure even if it comes out crap do you know what I mean mm, so um, I, think, yeah. I love so much of what you just said and I think there's so many lessons in in that and sort of sort of the inspiration that like, takeaways of, of if you're someone who at different periods of your life or maybe a thread throughout your whole life you felt that kind of difference mm -hmm. for so many people I think it's something that it, you like they they resist and I think in that is, is that it sounds like from what you said that, that it well and I know you said it in a nutshell I know but isn't it super simple as that but it, that was something that you even from a really young age that like you were able to embrace were there times when that was hard and then what and what helped <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's not even a question it's an exclamation mark there were I feel like throughout only till really recently is something that I've really kind of like accepted um like accepted my difference and whatever ways that kind of like shows up in um but it was definitely super hard growing up like not feeling like understood was a massive um chip on my shoulder that caused a lot of anxiety and like depressive periods was like I don't belong why don't I belong and that was especially prominent during like high school it was there sixth form it grew university exploded like university first year I was like there is something categorically wrong with me like I don't know what it is but I seem to be overly sensitive overly perceptive of like people uh, of generally everything but also people's reactions to me like I remember I used to like look for how people looked at me if they like looked away a certain way I would think they hated me or I did something wrong I, like the anxiety and the mental health t took a dip first year to a point where I like didn't leave my my room even though there was like um even though there was a catered service in my first halls I would get delivery so I don't have to see anyone so I was wasting money <laughs> and it was just like this whole feeling of like what is wrong with me what is wrong with me and if I look through all my journals of the past it's just like a something's wrong I can't pinpoint what that is but I feel like there's something in me that isn't clicking with other people isn't right and I, I need to explore this and sometimes it was to my detriment exploring it exploring it was digging a bigger hole of, of making it like uh, making it more of a thing and making it more expansive in my life um so difference definitely took me to really dark places for a lot of my um teens and like early adulthood um only until recently I was just like oh well glad I don't have to socialize with that many people <laughs> to 
during lockdown but also I was getting to a point pre-lockdown where I was like okay with myself and um that kind of translated with being okay with the amount of exposure to people that I can handle if that makes sense so like if you're introverted slash or somewhere on the scale it's like you have to be okay that you might not be like x y and z who goes out or like can like be really charismatic all the time um and that was my main gripe and I found that that's a thing with Enneagram fours is that like a, a kind of envy I never would consider myself an envious person but I was envious of people who seem to just be without any resist without any sort of like um overthinking or resistance they used to just like be in a group of people and feel like they belong like I would be in a group of people and like it might be good for the first hour but then after that I'm like okay I feel weird I'm not fitting in da, 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 da. even with my closest friends sometimes which is very bizarre but yeah sorry that was a really long no, I think it's so interesting I think so many people will relate to that and I think that for me the sort of from what you're saying the sort of biggest takeaways and it's something that I, I relate to in in many ways in in the the for want of a better journey that I've I've been on in that learning until you can learn to kind of accept who you are in in all forms and sizes and that is whether you're you know that you can't be extroverted all the time how much energy you do have the things you don't like and do like and the your process and you described and you mentioned earlier I think was so so relevant in that that we always want to be at that end point and and the quote that you said about how the first draft is always you know not is of crap like it's never good yeah. not good allowing that process within yourself as part of the creative process and that, that for me has been one of my sort of things recently as well as being like you know whether I'm writing a caption on Instagram or an email or a blog post it's being like right it's okay that this first draft is not gonna like it's not gonna have it that's part of the process and I suppose allowing and hindsight is again is a wonderful thing and especially yeah. as teenagers if only we could have embraced that it's okay that this is hard or challenging it doesn't take away from who I am or make me any less that absolutely and I think a, a massive part of that creative process is also feeling like I don't want to do it right now or like I don't feel like I can even do it I don't feel creative I don't feel expressive I don't know where I stand like that confusion especially with creativity is definitely just part of the process and that doesn't make it any easier but it the, the realization that you know it's it's something that will always kind of come up like in a cyclical world that we live in where things come up and then things go and things come up and things go like that feeling of like hmm I don't don't quite think everything is in the right place will always prop up it's just about finding ways of um finding methods and like a toolkit of like moving things around and what works for you and like you know knowing kind of like through experience and through regular exposure of those kind of down um moments of like what you can do what sometimes works maybe like giving yourself a break and getting new bed sheets that usually makes me feel a bit more like or whatever it is it like can be anything and then like rejigging yourself um to to feeling in tune again um that's definitely something that like you just learn as you said hindsight is amazing <laughs> yeah definitely 
but it's so important to to pause to look back and be like okay oh I wish I'd learned this so that then you can almost predict going forward the the challenges and and that's why that self-discovery and obviously as a life coach it's like why but I'm so passionate about it because until we can know us really know ourselves and understand ourselves so knowing what we're good at what we like what we're not good at or less good at the things we'd like to change the things we'd like more of less of all of that what Mm -hmm. shapes us and and until we know that we can't then accept that which ultimately as you said that's when you can really lean into the any differences or or navigate challenging times or setbacks or hurdles or pandemics (laughs) because you have that trust in your process yeah absolutely trusting your process such a good way of putting it and I think another thing for me that I've learned um with the whole self-discovery because you know I love that you're a life coach (laughs) I need life coaching (laughs) but like my thing I always love like exploring development and personhood and how that changes and grows and like who am I is just the central question of my life like it's something that you know (laughs) you, you just it's just one of those like highlighted questions in my life that props up at each point and I think the reason why it does that is because like you know it's fluid it's always changing it's always kind of like you get into a cloudy place where you're not quite sure but like it's the processes of understand of like the ways that you try to understand yourself whether that's journaling that's reading a a self-help book or reading other like normal books and like talking to people certain friends that you reach out to whatever it is it's like you need like the process of getting to know yourself is as important as the little bits of knowledge that you then get of yourself and go oh okay yes I am this and like it's nice when you feel like you've actually reached for me anyway it's nice when I feel like I reach a solid ground because a lot of things I can't really seem to pinpoint like I can't I can't say oh I like apart from colors let me think of something else like I I find it hard to say okay I like this x y and z thing or I am someone who does this because I'm always like in this blurry middle ground but it's about trying to figure out when you can where I lie on this scale or like oh this is for certain. I, I like drinking tea and looking outside for like a silent period in the morning when the, the sun's coming up. I like summer. I like knowing yourself in those little trite ways, but also in like the bigger, more complicated ways. I think the process is like really important in trying to get those nuggets of wisdom about yourself um, because it is always changing and it is always like it will get confusing at points if you're someone who likes, you know, intern internal self-discovery um and one thing I've noticed as well is that like sometimes overdoing it isn't great <laughs> like over like I tend to overthink and overdo it and go who am I 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 like trying to force out a revelation and like sometimes you just need to just sit with whatever it is that you are right now do you know what I mean like don't over over um stress yourself of trying to find out exactly who you are because that doesn't exist just being like I breathe and that's one thing and that's fine I mean I'm nodding furiously as you're speaking there, like that right there if we could I suppose encapsulate the lesson of life it's mm. sometimes learning how to which is the challenging part move mm. from who am I to I am yeah <laughs> like this is just me like and it might when when times are crap you feel crap you or you're you have no creative ideas or you're doing something you don't like or whatever being like it's like it, that mindful acceptance in the moment of this is my experience here and now and not trying to escape it or change it or avoid it that mm. there is I suppose the, 
the crux of it all. That's such a mindful, the mindful experience. That's so poignant. That's so true. It's like just being like, I feel like a technique I've kind of tried to do over lockdown to get me into that space that you're, you've been saying is that when I feel anxious or like, I don't know, when I'm just not grounded or I'm quite dissociated a little bit, like I just, like it's the whole mindfulness breathing thing, but I, I, I don't know why there's a switch in my head that goes, the fact that you breathe is enough. <laughs> like the fact that I'm inhaling and exhaling is enough. Like I can just like lie down on the floor, like face up and just be like, I exist and that's kind of enough. Like every other noise that's out there needs to just shh for one second. Like everyone I need to respond to, everything I'm on my to-do list, everything I might be feeling, but I need to analyze and analyze until I feel comfortable with. I'll do that later. Let me just exist for like two minutes at least. And then like, you know, trying to get back into the the swing of things um, through to-do list and my, my main kind of like, reset button almost I'm like ah, everything's too much breathe I exist okay now I'm back let me write a to-do list to center myself and ground myself and what I need to start doing yeah I, th- oh, it's, yeah I think it's so true because you can't ultimately if you're not if you're resisting and you're because it, it's living mm. too much in your head and that's where all those questions and stuff come from which is useful for self-discovery but then as you said when it when uh, sometimes it's just about being and not and I really liked and I'm actually going to almost kind of use that as a bit of a visual is that you describe the kind of fluidity of personhood I really like those two two sort of phrases that you use and almost I suppose you could in those moments sitting and thinking of that the fluidity and allowing your experience to kind of wash over you knowing that it will pass by just like the kind of yeah, so if you think of like a river or something, I really like that. It's like a really visual, yeah. creative visuals all coming out, out there <laughs> from you. I love it. So coming on to now, like tell us about some of the things that you wish that you had um, been taught or that you've learned in school. Mm, okay, so there's there's quite a few, I feel like in general, <laughs> a lot of different um, facets. But I think one thing I wish I learned was like kind of, I mean, this is really specific because I know not everyone goes into self-employment or whatever, but like kind of like the um, the day-to-day organizations or the, the organizations of like taxes and organization of like um, your, your uh, like organize, how to organize yourself. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly particularly, but like just kind of like a class or a lesson or, something to let me know how to exist as an adult that's not linked to a specific um like topic like history or math or whatever but just like personal development in terms of like being self-employed especially in like the gig economy is growing and a lot of people I know are getting into kind of like this whole freelance self self-employed realm I think like introducing that now in school would be super helpful for people um and like also that that links to the other point of like letting people know how big industries are because I'm like I didn't know there was anything like a creative industry at school as you were saying earlier on before the podcast started is that like um just knowing that it's not artists it's not like portrait painter or starving (laughs) and then in the creative industry it's like the guy that films the films, the guy that films the adverts, the guy that, or the girl that like does this or the person that does um, the behind the scenes lighting or like, you know, or it's like 
canopier of things like just go unheard of in high, high school I just thought like I, I like painting I like drawing I want to be creative but at the same time I don't want to not have money and like that's not the case and I took like science subjects and maths and like I took um you know stuff that I like those kind of like stem subjects because I was just like I want to make my parents proud and that's like a whole cultural cultural thing as well with like being science as a Nigerian uh, person being science master da, 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 and going into that but also like as someone who existed in school who doesn't know especially a working class school that doesn't know anything about like you know I doesn't ha- I don't have an uncle or an auntie or whatever family member that exists in like advertising or the industry or whatever creative industry to tell me that you know it's not a binary between portrait paint or like literal painting or drawing or no money at all like it's just yeah and I think that would have been important to learn those two things like how to be self-employed and how to you know or knowing that there's a creative industry out there that's big so my main thing definitely no because I think even with taxes in terms of for everyone and whether or not they did talk about like I, I don't remember and whether it was one of those things that was like uh but like switch up <laughs> <after> it happened <laughs> which I've read quite a lot, but definitely not in terms of, as you said, the really specifics of, you know, why are you taxed? What happens? Where does that money go? And why it's important? I think because then as so many people now find that, that, it's so important that that and that especially in that at the moment with when we're in the country with the NHS and everything that's going on you realize how valuable that is and that yeah. doesn't exist and that's why we pay taxes and mm-hmm. to understand that I think is so important but then as you said the real practical the practical skills of how if someone if you're not working and you're not employed by someone and it's automatically taken away yeah. how do you navigate that what are the options how do you organize that and I know it's just six years self-employed now I'm still still figuring it out as I go yeah. it was such a like I feel like it's one of those like um do you know in American frat, frat schools uh, movies where it's like the initiation and you have to go through these like crazy things I'm like it feels like you're going through tax initiation where you're like having anxiety attacks because they're saying that if you're going to be self-employed you have to do x y and z and you have to do all these big things and if you don't do them you're going to get arrested (laughs) it's like it's just like a feeling of fear and like who do I turn to thankfully my dad's an accountant he doesn't specialize in um uh, tax like tax like that but like he was like I'll help you through I'll teach you the basics like this is the tax year that took like five lessons with my dad to understand how the tax year even like works yet alone you know the nitty-gritties of like you know you have to get this tax returns are like something that you have to do and this is how you have to organize it and your invoices and your contracts and da 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 it was just like whoa this is a this is a massive initiation to this world I didn't know existed um and like thankfully there's like you know services that exist now that does kind of like does that for you which is amazing but if that didn't exist and if I didn't have a dad that was an accountant I would be really struggling like really really struggling because I I just it's such a confusing you know world to try and understand taxes specifically yet alone as you said just the general foundations of society like why does it happen you know what what are we doing what was this all for kind of thing I feel like isn't really explained in in schools or anything like that I I definitely didn't get a lesson on that um stuff I got we got um RE but that's like about it 
Mm, yeah no totally that was the same and and um it's so, yes re and sociology but again that was different didn't get taught about mm. the, the, the that practical the practical sort of things and i suppose it's and again it's that's part of that self-discovery is look okay where are the, the gaps in my knowledge and that's why the curiosity club exists to hopefully help fulfill mm. some of those for the yeah. little gaps um but it's more kind of yeah looking at what who, who do i know and as you said that's like if you've got a family member great if you don't speak having conversations and something we were talking about earlier as well is 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 was networking in the, the uh unconventional terms and how important it is to have those conversations with people do you want to tell um talk about that a little bit more because we talked about that just before we were recording about how we wish that was more absolutely yeah i feel like networking is like another initiation that you have when going into the creative industry because a lot of the times people who have an awareness and i speak with saying the creative industry from an advertising you know short short-term advertising background um but like people don't know that this exists in the first place especially working class uh like minority people who don't have anyone that exists within the industry itself to tell you that it exists it's like the fight club kind of way of thinking about the industry and i think that's so bizarre to me because i'm like there's so much talent that exists in these like bubbles of um, communities and I'm just like if only people knew and the way that people know is through networking whether that's like nepotism or whether it's like through schemes but I feel like even then how will you know about the scheme if you don't know the industry even exists to want to get into the 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 um get into the scheme so I feel like in terms of like the grand picture I would love to see kind of that incorporation through and I know there's loads of organizations start like doing this, but like getting those people into schools to tell kids who might be creative, but also thinking I can't be creative because there's no money in it. That like, what well, the industry is massive, it's big, you know, it's something that you can get into. And then like, once you, they are in, my experiences with networking is that like, one is something that either can go, either can feel really kind of, um. CD is the only word I can think of or like kind of like transactional uh, of like I'm going to be nice to you so you can give me an opportunity and I'm going to pretend that that's not the reason and I'm like that feels so uncomfortable <laughs> to, to me personally and I'm sure to a lot of people in terms of when you have networking in that in that manner um, and I felt this when I went when I was trying to get into finance <laughs> this was early on in my journey because I was just like I graduated, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, like, I don't know if I can get um, a, a career out of being creative. So I'm just gonna try finance. And the finance networking was just, I had a panic attack, I had to leave the room. Cause it's just like, this feels so like ugh, bizarre and like kind of like manufactured and not, not genuine. But the positive side to networking is that there can be more organic ways of doing it. And um, especially, if you exist online in on Instagram or any of like these other platforms that have that opportunity to talk to random people, it can be really natural. Um, and even if you do go to networking events, like there are ways, especially in the creative industry, it does a good job of making it feel like you're meeting people just to meet people. And that makes like kind of like reduces the whole um, transactional element of networking and it can be a great place to actually go I like you and I like your energy and you like mine and we can talk about it go for coffee hang out and like you know collab together because I think when it's true collaboration it feels 
authentic and you actually feel excited to do stuff with that person because you want to see what the outcome will be and I think those are the best collaborations because it feels like it you can kind of like see that energy of like how it started come out in the end product um so yeah that's my experience with networking and I think as you said it doesn't have to be it's not just about going to those sort of very corporate style red like manufactured you described like events that are are very yeah like here's your name tag and all of that it's it's thinking it really is seeing it as like forming connections and that can be completely so authentic but having conversations reaching out to people you admire on on instagram and, and telling rather telling people like building those connections rather than sort of passively sitting in your i don't know what i want or what i can do yeah. being like being more uh, proactive and, and putting yourself in in positions where you're building connections whether that's an online especially at the moment you can still build really authentic connections that will lead you, you never know what it will, will lead and I'm sure uh, we were talking just before about how you know things you, all it takes is one conversation and then you're on that person's radar and they see an opportunity and is that something that has, has affected your career positively yeah yeah it's just I think honestly especially in the creative industry there's a lot of I mean, there is a lot of like um, people who might not be positive or whatever and think of it transactional. But from my experience, there's a lot of people that just are quite genuine with wanting to like get to know you. If you if you have something interesting to say, if you want to talk to them about certain things and like it doesn't have to just be I'm talking to you on a work basis. It can just be like, let's chat about this interesting thing that's happened in fashion or politics or we have this similar interest like I think a lot of people in the like creative world want other creative people that they just can be friends friends with or like pally with and they also make stuff together and I think that's a great great place to like um as you said it's a great way of thinking of it as connections I don't know what your what's your experience with networking was it always kind of like kind of smooth transition to network with people for you so for me, my, it's actually quite interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it until you sort of said for, for a while. But so mm-hmm. I started my, so my background is uh, some people listening might not know that I, would, I did a fine art degree. So that was my background. And again, was like, right. So I'm, I love being creative, but I don't want to be a graphic designer. So my only other option is to be an artist, but there's no yeah. money in being an artist as everyone tells me, oh, it's hard. Oh, that's hard. What are you going to do with that degree? Like, yeah. <laughs> was stuck in that like ah um what's going through and it's my journey with mental health challenges at university mostly but that led me to what I'm doing now as as a life coach but it was actually after in a year you know maybe four or five years ago now when I was back living with my parents and I was setting up my businesses and my mum was hugely into networking Mm-hmm. um through businesses she'd had to go and my when my dad's business was struggling had to give up what she was doing and re, was re-studying and always resented having to go back and help their work there basically because right. it wasn't mm-hmm. what she wanted and so her outlet was networking right. and she ended up then mentoring lots of people and helping them with business and that was what, what, how she kind of found the passion so she encouraged me to go to my first networking and it was a women's women's only networking event and you had to stand up and do like every time it was once a month you had to stand up and do like a, a power minute I think they called it like an elevator pitch and Ooh. I was petrified <laughs> I would be too <laughs> absolutely and I remember like for days like having like really nervous tummy like yeah. in the toilets before being like oh my god and every, I was the youngest there by like 20 years as well because this was out in kind of a town in the middle of nowhere in in Oxfordshire yeah um and but but that 
that process and I think I was there for about a year I, I went every month that the, the the process of that actually is like was a hundred percent the beginning of me gaining the confidence of stepping into like what I'm doing now doing you know loads of video content talking doing talks in front of hundreds of people podcasts with thousands of listeners like meeting people and talking to them it started that get, stepping out of my comfort zone there and yeah minute. <laughs> yeah that's so important it's that comfort zone that pushes you like and it can feel super like it can feel anti t- your intuition sometimes almost because you just feel like this feels too much this feels like I feel really nervous and anxiety is propping up or whatever but then once you do it and you do it regularly you start to become you start to as you said your, your self changes and starts to become more fluid and you start to like lean into like yeah I can like speak to like hundreds of people and not like you know you can still have anxiety but you push through and you have your processes of going okay I've done this before I can do this because I've done how many elevated pitches to the group of women like now I can like I know that I can do it if I just keep going if I just keep going and that's super important like that building confidence that comes over time and over exposure is something that I also relate to and resonate with because I'm like if you put 20 or 19 year old t-day in front of not even in front in a workplace or in anything that makes puts um any sort of like um responsibility on her to like create something I would crumble because I hadn't had that tiny exposures or like I hadn't grown through the comfort zone and like pushed myself hard enough almost because I'm like I I am very I have a lot of anxiety and like mental health stuff that makes me feel like oh I can't do it or you know it's, I, I'm not I'm not good enough for this da, da, da. I feel a lot of people have that in in the imposter syndrome um but like if 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 not for the exposure to things that I had to do like my first job or blah 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 like I wouldn't be able to be here now talking to people um like or negotiating contracts or x y and z like I look at my journey before like my first ever client with my um creative uh content service and like (laughs) I was so undercutting myself by thousands and I was like even thinking I don't deserve that 60 pounds for the amount of content I was getting I was like I don't that's too much money for me to be asking whereas now I'm like you totally you did yourself a disservice there but like that's part of the growth and the learnings that come with just like pushing yourself and like being a, a, a lot more confident um yeah and that just comes with time and exposure I think and and that's part of the process I suppose comes back nice list to circle back to that allowing the process yeah. and I and I don't know whether you agree and I know that you, like you are very much doing using your creativity very kind of uh, what's what like obviously using the creating beautiful images so like using it in a very sort of tangible way whereas I think it's again allowing for the nuances as you said of of creativity that you, is you're less aware of in and then it's in unexpected ways, such as I suppose my business isn't on the surface. We've got the Curiosity Club and then I've got my life coaching business, mm-hmm. um, especially the life coaching on the surface. Doesn't you wouldn't think it's very creative, but anything, any when you're a business owner or freelance, there's creativity comes in how you invoice the conversations and how you pitch ideas and all mm-hmm. those nuances. And I think allowing that process within yourself, allowing you allowing yourself to not know and then to to step into trying new things in mm-hmm. itself to me I don't know whether you agree it's like a creative process 100% agree I think that's just that spirit of experimentation that is in in essence is creativity it's like that childlike 
why not? Or like, let me try this. And those are the things that tend to flourish is because like people are like, oh, wow. Like, I didn't expect a business to use X, Y, and Z language or like, you know, innocent smoothies with their cheeky like tone of voice and like all that stuff. Like I feel creativity is far more expansive than we give it credit for sometimes. Like it's not just doodlings or paintings or even like writing in the creative it's like it can be with like the way you express yourself the clothes that you wear the way you move around your house like but it literally can be anything like I feel like those are the moments I feel more most creative isn't when I'm literally painting or drawing I feel like peaceful when I do those things but when I feel most in touch with like a sense of creativity is when I am like my like it's almost like my uh my eyes are open to a new world and I'm in the same old world (laughs) like especially during lockdown it's like I'm like okay there's a buzz in me to like you know I really like my bed sheets and it's like that like the world becomes a lot more dazzling and a lot lot more like intensive I don't know if that's the right word but like it just becomes a lot like you can appreciate little things and like make it bigger and like experiment with how those things make you feel and what you're going to wear today and like how you're going to express yourself and the ways in which you're going to um, create something it doesn't have to be just drawing can be with your existence like that that can be a creative thing in, in and of itself so I really think like my understanding of creativity or when I feel it the most is through that feeling of childlike experimentation and that can just be with what I wear and like layering or like I don't know just expressing myself in certain ways and that is a feeling rather than a act I would say Mm, yeah I think that's so nice way such a nice way of putting it almost like your your approach to life and whether it's literally the way you're moving around your house like invoking that childlike curiosity of 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 um peeling back the lids and that I suppose from what you said come you can't do that if you're just in your head the whole time worrying what are they thinking of me I should be doing this I need to put myself in the box and that comes back to I suppose the importance of just being yeah children children don't do that (laughs) whenever you've seen a child go oh oh like especially like the the most like the the rambunctious children that just kind of like want to make things they're like they're so you know expressive and sometimes obnoxious like that's fine creativity can be obnoxious like it's really just that it's it's quite to me like it's a quite intensive um intense sorry thing that you feel and like when I think of creativity I think of literal children that are like like it's quite um I'm using more actions like than I can words but yeah it's just it's very intuitive and it's very kind of like a direct feeling to to wanting to create and make things and I think of children all the time when I think of like creativity it's a childlike wonder for like what can I do or like what can I make or should I try and make a shoe out of cardboard like that's very creative that might not sell that's not going to be on Etsy anytime soon but it's something that you can like spend your day doing and be like oh that was fun I made like a really shitty shoe out of cardboard or whatever you know (laughs) I'd like, I can't, I want to see that. <laughs> Same. I would buy that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, I think there is a market. For That's it, a business. <laughs> oh, so a few questions that I love to wrap up to ask everyone. Who did you have like in your lifetime, whether it's at school or whether or not, like who has been like your most impactful or favourite sort of teachers in your life? Oof, that's a good question. That's a that's probably the hardest question you can ask me because I always like I've had conversations with friends being like oh who's your in creative inspiration and 
I don't I I honestly would have to give it more thought because I don't spend that much time out like looking out and going who's who can that who's my creative inspiration to learn from I'm sure there are loads like from Instagram like Freddie Harrell is always been someone I'm like oh I love her like expression with her clothes and her like sense of the words that she used she's very expressive like I tend to go like I tend to just really find tiny bouts of inspiration from like people who are really kind of like free or like if even if it's someone I see on the street that's like sing I saw this guy that was literally like singing and dancing with a Walkman (laughs) in 2020 a Walkman and I was like you're like you're really cool like I like that energy um but yeah I think friends like friends that I speak to family it's kind of like a generic answers but like you know it's in terms of teachers I'd say like my parents although they completely different from me and don't sometimes understand what I'm doing they always gave me that feeling of like you know you are you are you and we love you and you're special and like just like do just do you and like even if we don't understand like you're still you know we still love you like that to me is a really strong message and it's like a lesson I've taken with me um I'm sure there are loads of loads of other people it's just that like it's never I've never had that like one uh point or source of like inspiration that go you this person is it um it can be like literal celebrity crushes (laughs) like Matthew Gray Goobler who inspired me to wear um um socks that don't match because he I read that one so he like those little inspirations to like I don't know someone I see on the street um uh yeah so I think it, it really does vary like people on Instagram that I see and being colorful and expressive those are my inspiration as well um but yeah sorry <laughs> sorry if that didn't give you a, a success no, no, I think it's really nice and I think I mean you you were that person for so many people as they say oh, I, I feel like that when I go on your when I go on your Instagram <laughs> I love it I love it so much and what was and it's very common for this answer to be like nothing what was your favorite school dinner Oh, okay. Now we're getting to the meat of it. <laughs> um, I really love the apple crumble. I really love this. I know it's not dinner, but I, I remember the custard apple crumble with more crumble than apple. They were so amazing. I would always love to like, whenever I see the apple crumble, I get really excited. Um, and then the other one, which is a weird one, but I in sixth form, when we cut, get in early in the canteen, they would have um, scrambled eggs. I don't know what they put in those eggs but they were so nice. They were like the most like fluffiest eggs ever. And they were really bright yellow, which I'm like, can't be healthy, but <laughs> they were really nice. So I would say the, the, the apple crumble with more crumble than apple with a lot of custard and the scrambled eggs. So those are my two. I love it. I'm a, oh, I agree. More crumble than filling. And also school, something about school custard, which was definitely always like really lumpy, but I loved yeah. it. I also loved, I liked that about it. Yeah, I, it was like, it was gritty. It gave me energy. <laughs> I'm like, something about your house personality. <laughs> where can people, t- where can people find you in, in strictest and direct us and everyone listening? Well, you can go to, my main hub is Instagram. So that's T-Day Blogs, uh, T-E-A-D-A-Y and blogs um and uh, also reeducate is a activist platform it's not as daunting as it sounds it's basically how to make incorporate that sustainably into our lives and just like try and do better for the community in however ways we can so that's reeducate underscore reeducate 
Um, and if you want copy copywriting services or like creative services, uh, you can find me on Instagram at copy and paste. That's C-O-P-P-I-E and paste. That's a really confusing name, but I decided to go for that. Oh, I love it. I'll link I'll link all of the above in the in the show notes as well. But thank you so much, T. It's been so lovely talking. This to is you. really, really nice. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me.